Hey, it's Chris. And Kylie. We're just a couple of jerks who need help following Jesus. Our podcast is all about humility. And finding direction and purpose. Especially when life gets hard or things don't turn out like we thought they would. Welcome to Following Jesus for Jerks. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Hi, everybody. From the, what, the pod kitchen. The pod kitchen at the 909. Kitchen. Is that what we're going to call it? No, we're not going to call it that. I've been watching a lot of Gordon Ramsay. Oh. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so what is that you're going to... Are you going to yell at me the whole time? Or, <laughs> or, or you have I, some... I don't think we're allowed to cuss on here. <laughs> well, no. That's that probably not be a good thing. You know what blows me away? What blows me away? Oh, my God. Here we go. Right off the bat talking about food. <laughs> I was actually thinking all week, like, we should avoid talking about yeah. food. Well, but here we are. Here we are. So what are <laughs> but we here's, here's what I love so much. Everyone's seen some sort of Gordon Ramsay show, right? Whether it's, like, MasterChef or Hell's Kitchen. Every, everybody's are seen Are you sure? Him. Do you think so, really? I, everyone knows who he is, okay. right? And knows all his right. reputation. And yet you watch these interviews with people before, like, he comes and tastes their food. And they're like, oh, my God, Gordon's going to love my food. Gordon's gonna love it. I just he hates know he's everything, love it. doesn't and he? And then he and then he's like, "This is crap." And they're like, "Oh my god, how did he not like it?" Like, how, like, what did you expect? <laughs> That's my favorite part of every show. Just watching the beginning, watching the people like surprised that their food is crap, according to Gordon. Yeah, that's a. How, how do you feel about it? Or maybe who have you been around that's had different leadership styles like that? Oh God. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a totally, or, or what do you see as differences in different people that you've had from a leadership that have coached you or, yeah. or led you in a particular way? Well, I mean, I think the best leaders are the ones who realize who they're leading and like adjust based on the person they're leading or the people or the group they're leading. Um, I, I worked for a guy when I was, when I was working for a restaurant for the longest time who, Super high standards, a good. I mean, a good, uh, a a good manager. As far as he knew what he wanted, he held how high held. He high, had really high standards. He knew how to train people, but he's he was a very harsh person himself. And when you had to deal with him, like you had to tell him something really like clear and blunt. Uh, you had to be really clear. You had to be really blunt. You had to be almost in his face for him to understand you. Mm. And the problem was, because that's the way he was, that's the way he treated everybody. Mm. And so, man, he just had a wake of of bad employees in his path who thrived in other environments where they had someone maybe who was softer. And... And one day we were, we were talking because I had a real problem with it because he would talk to me like that, and 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 we were talking and I, and I pointed that out. I was like, "Man, you like, you can't treat everybody the way, like the way you want to be, the way you want to be talked to, the way you feel you need to be motivated. Like, not everyone's like that. Sure. And you can't always like always come down on people, always come down. And I thought I was like I thought I was maybe overstepping my bounds saying this, but I was ticked and it didn't matter. And I'm a jerk. And. <laughs> But it actually was like very eye-opening for him. He's like, oh, he's like, wow. He's like, I never thought of it like that. And I wish I can say he changed. But <laughs> uh, but it, at that moment, at least, it was okay. And, and for, for a few days, we had a little bit of, okay, how do you need me to motivate you? 
that's what I want to be. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, that's the best one. And I, and I think people can get away with being like that, with being harsh, with being like Gordon Ramsay, when, when the person receiving it knows you care about them. Sure. You know, and I think that's a, who is it? Uh, this is quoted, this is, this is like such a cliche quote, but it, it definitely, uh, I think it's Maya Angelou who says, people don't care what you say, they care about, or they won't remember what you say, they'll remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And even if it's harsh and pushing, if they know that you care about them, you can get away with a whole lot more, I think. Yeah, I mean, I've been around the sports world forever and Boy. so see just a complete variety of, of coaching styles, you know, Bobby Knight, you know, us being from Indiana, that's, <laughs> you know, uh, very, very harsh. I know my daughters have had a whole gamut of different style coaches, but but probably, not probably, the hardest coach that my oldest daughters had um was extremely hard, like nasty. Mm. I would almost say probably inappropriate at okay. times, threatening his own death if oh. they don't play better. Oh my gosh! Or you know stuff like that. But this, this was elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> but like you just said, it's probably her most revered coach because she knew through all of the whatever nonsense or exterior he really cared about them being the best they Mm. could be um and I know for me when I coached uh I that was the part of the of coaching that I loved was there are lots and lots and lots of better coaches from an x's and o's standpoint in the in the world of volleyball but I loved being able to figure out who those kids were that you could like you said there are certain kids you can get in their face and like you need to pick it up and they would respond. And there were other kids that if you looked at them, you know, slightly aggressively, yeah. they would just break yeah. down. So how you meet each of those kids, people, employees, whoever, friends, yeah. like we're all different. Yeah. And so it's kind of it reminded me of the whole love language thing and how we interact with one another based on not what I desire. Yeah. But, but what, what you that need. person yeah. needs—that's really what love is. When, when you and you think about the way Jesus deals with us. Not that I'm trying to like hyper spiritualize, you know, every no. aspect of it's our conversation. But, yeah. but, but there is—it always baffles me when you look at Mary and Martha, and you look at the way Jesus dealt with them. Like they both confronted Jesus with the same thing when their brother died. If you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. They both confronted Jesus with that same exact question. And yet with Martha, Jesus like got back and he like gave it right back to her. Right. And then with Mary, he just cried with her. Like he gave each one of them exactly what they needed. He met their complete Mm. need in that moment. And And the result was the same. They saw their brother raised from the dead, but their pathways to it because they were different personalities with different paths. I love that. I love that. I, I remember I remember my one so when I when I when I was first in ministry school and 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 I'd lived with this roommate who's one of my best friends to this day. His name is Josh. And we we knew we were to be friends, right? We were roommates. 
and we, we had a good connection, but every time like we would go to each other for advice, oh my God, it was so frustrating. And for him and for me, and then we did this, uh, this profile test, uh, I'm a big fan of those. I know some people aren't. I like them. Uh, in, in our case, we did something called the Disc and Care Profile. Mm-hmm. And it's a personality profiler. And, man, I remember how eye-opening it was when I read about him that he just likes things direct. And and he read about me that I like to be led to my own conclusions. Because what was happening mm-hmm. was if we, if, we had, if, we, if we needed advice for something, I would, uh, he would come to me and he would, he would vent, right? And, and really what he needed was for me to say, Josh, do this, this, and this. That's the solution. <laughs> but I'm not like that. I don't want to be told. I want to be led to my own conclusion. So I'm like, they call it like the Socratic method, right? I'm, so I'm sitting there like, well, what do you think about this? And like trying to lead him to his own answer. And he would get so frustrated. And then vice versa, right? I would, I would vent or I would present a problem. And he would be like, oh, just do this. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to be told what I want to come to the conclusion myself. So I remember, uh, oh my gosh, it was so eye opening, And from that moment on our, 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 our relationship changed and for the better. And we used to walk around with like the, the, each other's profiles in our pockets <laughs> and like read them before we interact and be like, okay, Josh likes this, 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 and, uh, oh, he better treat me like this or I'm going to say something like, I mean, really, we, we, it was good for us, you know? Uh, but it was just so funny how we were. I mean, I was guilty of doing what I what I started off saying with that 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 bad boss that I had at one point of treating everyone the way they want to be treated. That's such a a lesson, and you know, we should be really aware of mm. of what other people's needs are, yeah. of what their just different personality, different personality types, yeah. different ways to interact, and and that's. I mean, I don't want to say that's exhausting, but. Like oh, the it easy, is, it is. the easy way is for us to stay focused on, well, this is what I desire to mm-hmm. do. And I think when we recognize other people's gifts and personalities and how to, how they like to be interacted with, it just creates deeper, more intimate relationships. If only they were more like me. Amen. <laughs> Jeez, right? is, was there a more selfish <laughs> phrase? <laughs> I feel like that's the way I lived a majority of my life to this yeah. point is, well, if you just did it my way, mm. if you just were more like me, if you thought like this yeah. Yeah. and it's like, man, that just, that's what ends up being exhausting. Yeah. Instead of, Agreed. instead of being loving to what is, I'm going to sacrifice how I want to love you mm. to, I was just having a conversation this week with my daughter after school and it's sixth grade girls, right? So it's drama city and it's, you know, you're my best friend and now I never want to talk to you and just back and forth. And, and we're just teaching her, you know, how, how to just stay out of the drama, just avoid it, you know, keep your mouth closed, all that kind of stuff. And she had a friend that had kind of done some things that she didn't like. It was kind of mean, I guess. I don't know. And, and talked, uh, this friend, came up after she recognized that my daughter's not engaging with her as much over the last couple of days and was like, Hey, can we be friends again? And my daughter's response was, well, do you understand what you did to me and this and that? And so I'm going to have to think about it. She wasn't nasty, 
But I just, we had a conversation in the truck where I'm like, hey, that's, I completely agree and understand, and you didn't do anything wrong. I said, how did, how did she respond? She's like, well, she just kind of walked away. Mm. And I said, what if you would have, the way she's going to receive it, instead of coming at her harshly, to just express yourself and just say, hey, what you did really hurt me, and so... I need a I need to think about it a little bit and I'll I'll let you know. Where sh- you're just sharing your heart and right. how it made you feel and it's not attacking like, well, do you understand what you did, you know? And she wasn't again, she wasn't being mean-spirited in it, yeah. but it was a a lesson in, hey, recognize how someone is going to receive what you have to mm. say mm. as opposed to this is this is how I'm going to Tell them what yeah. what I what yeah. I want them to know, and it's like, well, sometimes that's fine and necessary, and some people receive that well, and sometimes it's the exercise in even if you're saying the right things, mm. is it more important that you're right or that you're loving yeah. or engaging some preserving relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, the oh my god, what's the five love languages guy? What's his name? Gary something or other? Smalley. Is that a Gary Small? I don't know. Gary someone. Gary. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I want to be really careful. I, I'm not knocking his books or the movement around it. I'm not in any way what I'm about to say. But as someone who is divorced, right? And like we, like we, we, like, we did that. We looked at that. And I remember, I don't know if me being divorced has anything to do with it, but because I'm not divorced because of his books. But I do remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. That sounds really <laughs> Your book on love and how to oh, love God, well. Oh, God, we got divorced, it, Gary. It brought us to a divorce. <laughs> no, but. Gary but the, Chapman, for those of you that are. That's what it like, is, Gary. Gary uh, who's Chapman. Gary Smalley? That, that name rings. I don't know. He might be a Saturday Live character. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So here's the here's the deal. My my beef with his books is and I I bet that he didn't how this is how he intended. I I bet he didn't mean it like this, but here's my beef with his books. It's created this like generation of married couples who are running around like, "Hey, honey, you need to fill up my touch mm. tank, my quality time tank, whatever." And it's, it's placed, it's placed this like entitled and like you, you, cause you call, you called it out before. The point of it is to fill someone else's needs, not to have my needs met. And it's created this, this hyper awareness of where my needs aren't being met. So it's your job, sweetie pie, to fill my need. And it's, it's, it's. It's there's a little bit of I, I dare use this word perversion. There's this little bit of twisted truth that makes it about me. When I think about Adam and Eve being created, I don't for a second think that, you know, God God did all he did, created Adam, and he remember he said like how great it was, right? Yeah. And then some period of time passed and he said it's not good that man should be alone he took the rib out of Adam and he created Eve. I don't for a second think that God did that 
to say, oh, now here's Eve to meet Adam's needs. Here's what I propose. For all of eternity before Adam was ever in the picture, there was the Father. Through the Holy Spirit, loving the Son. And the Son receiving that love, being so overwhelmed with it, and so full of love himself for the Father, and through the Holy Spirit, giving love back to the Father. That was, and that happened for, that's happened forever in the past. And then he created this, this picture of that and created man in his image and realized, I think the part that said it's not good that for man to be alone is man needs to, ha- like Adam needs to have an object to love. I don't mean to, I don't mean an object as in like objectifying women. I don't mean like right, that. Right, right, right. But love isn't fulfilled until it's given, not received. Who cares about the reception? I mean, if, if, that would, if that's what it was about, right? Like Jesus wouldn't have died for us until we accepted him, right? But we were, while we were yet sinners, we were enemies, he died for us. And so God, I believe God created Eve not as someone to fulfill, to fill Adam's needs, to receive, but to fulfill Adam's need to give love. It's all the one another's. Mm, yeah. You know, like w- w- that's why we're in community, whether it's marriage, whether it's relationship, whatever. It goes to the whole concept of everything we talk about. It, if it's about me receiving as opposed to me giving, that's all just selfish and it's prideful and it's, it, it, it defeats the point. It's, it's, it's anti the point of what God has created yeah. for us. If, yeah, it, you can read Gary Chapman's book, and I don't I mean, know read Gary Smalley's book too. I'm sure, it's great. yeah, I'm sure it's great. But y- if you're reading that, and like you said, if it's about someone loving you well, like that's on them. Yeah, like my wife and I, you know, we we understand each other's love languages, and but I can't have this ex. Like I know what my my top ones are. But that doesn't mean that I have this expectation that she fill those other than, I mean, that's that's between her and the Lord. Yeah. But I know how I can love her well. Um, you know, I, I, there was a period of time a few years ago where we had seemed like several couples around us, marriages that were just, you know, blowing up. And, you know, I had some conversations with some of the guys that were a part of that. Well, you don't you don't understand how she treats you don't understand and I'm like you know I often go back to Ephesians 5 for you know wedding text and how a man and woman are supposed to interact which we can read that text if we choose to very selfishly selfishly yeah. you know from a patriarchal point of view but that's not what love is love yeah. is self-sacrifice if we read Ephesians 5 from the perspective of you know well how we are to love and respect and, and self-sacrifice for the good of our spouse, our wife, as Jesus loves the church. Well, how, what did he do for me? What did he do for the church? Well, if I, if I remember correctly, he was spit upon, he was mm. beaten, he was tortured. Like, it doesn't, there are times when it doesn't matter. 
like, oh, she's this to me and she's always nagging me. And, and, and I've, listen, I, this is a, I'm just talking from a, what I heard it from a male perspective. Yeah. Cause I know that it's both ways. Well, sure. hey, how about you? How about we all choose to love the best we can self-sacrificing knowing that we may not get that in return as Jesus doesn't always get that back from his church, mm-hmm. you know, from me. And, and how do we like, that's an exercise in learning and growing and maturing. And from my experience, the more that I do that and become who God's created me to be, what God is doing in my spouse is also happening. And, and unity coming through both of us receiving the Holy Spirit and, and growing and learning and loving the Lord. And he brings us together as opposed to we're just fighting to hold on to things or becomes very selfish like I started with mm. of, well, you know, she should be doing this for me. No. like And and I want to be clear, you know, please, we're don't, don't listen to us if you're you know, in, in relationship and having to have these conversations with your, with your spouse about, Hey, here's where, here's where we're struggling. Right. But my, but my point is actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to say that. I am <laughs> saying this to you that maybe, maybe the, like that. And, and there's certainly a valid part of that conversation of, Hey, here's where, here's where I'm struggling with having my, having my love met by you. But I, but I would say that really like the crux of it is the conversation needs to be, how can I fulfill your needs? Probably the, oh, by the way, Gary Smalley is an American counselor and he's written, <laughs> oh, he wrote see? a version called The Language of Love. So uh, a lawsuit <laughs> waiting to happen, I can see. <laughs> but he's got a bunch of like Christian counseling books. So Okay, so I, I, we're, we're I didn't kind pull of that out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's another author named Gene Edwards. Uh, he's a pastor down from Texas, and he 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 writes in a very unique way. And he write he wrote he wrote this book called The Divine Romance. It I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Like I would, I'll, I'll let you borrow it. I, it is you can read it. It's a, it's not a thin book. You can read it in one sitting. It's written in this odd type of prose. It's almost it's almost poetry. Huh. But. He writes through a very unique perspective on kind of the, the, the course of human history. Uh, and without giving too much away, it, I mean, it's a really good book, but, but one of the perspectives is the angels watching God create Adam and then Eve. And then how it unfolds, and he, he uses this, a, this such descriptive language, and, and really you should read it on how... Adam must have felt and how Eve must have felt when God brought them together of like finally here is someone that I can love Mm. I almost you know kind of getting back to what I was saying before I this this because I I want to complete the thought I think God recognized there was this exchange of love that happened amongst in heaven, right? Amongst the father and the son through the spirit. And remember he said, remember we read in Genesis that like, Oh, he searched like when he, it's not good for that man should be alone. And he looked all the beasts, everything he created. Is there anything 
that can be a suitable partner, and he couldn't find any. There's something about that we're not, we're not complete without having someone to, to, to be Christ to, to love. And, I, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm celibate right now. I won't always be, but right now I am. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to knock celibacy or say, hey, if you are alone, like that, that you're lacking something, I'm not at all. Yeah. Actually, that was a, another time we'll talk more about that on my journey with becoming okay with, like, with, with, with celibacy and what that looks like and that I'm not missing anything. But at the same time, there is this, like, original intention, I believe, of, hey, he... Right, because the, the, the rib came out of Adam's side. Right, and originally it was male and female. He created them in his image, and then he split them. There's something to that. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. Like, I don't want this whole this whole episode to be marriage, man yeah. and woman. You know, just from the perspective of this is what we're talking about is any of our relationships. It's the need. Yeah. It's yeah. the necessity for community. It's yes. this. You know, you and I. We we get to sit here and and learn about each other and, and grow in how we can love each other yeah. um, the best that we can, um, how you're going to receive things, how I'm going to. And I think there's, for me as a people person, there's nothing that's more evident of the creativity of God as the differences between all of us. You know what I mean? Based on, based on experience, based on where we grew up, based on ethnicity, based on all kinds of different things. But man, the beauty of, of none of us are the same. The beauty of appreciating the differences, valuing the differences, yeah. and learning yeah. how to best love those differences, you know, from different perspective, different lenses. I think it's really important. And, and that's why, yes, it is, I don't know, this is a, <laughs> it is a relationship marriage but it's so much more than that i think the love lounge at the 909 oh i don't know oh if that's yeah a, i don't know if that's appropriate either <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. oh help us help us come up with a name yeah that one can't stick please, that please, no please no you you're you so far you've come up with two really not not good ones <laughs> so so I know we've got probably just a, a couple minutes left, and I, um, you know, I was on the uh, I was on the gram mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was two weeks ago. Okay. So, um, not to get very you know too serious, but this Deb on, that follows us on on Instagram, you know, who offered apparently mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. sponsorship through coffee, mm, sponsorship through coffee. I haven't, which I don't. I don't know if we've seen any of that. Maybe Deb Na- stopped listening. Now, <laughs> you know, it just occurred to me that maybe Deb is no longer listening. I I noticed that Deb is now making coffee mugs as well. Oh yeah. So I, I don't well. know. If, well, Deb. Okay, balls in your court. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I just was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. Um, no, I'm just teasing. Yeah. I bet she's not listening. 
Deb, if you're listening, text me. We do text each other often, actually. You and Deb? Me, I'm in a thread. This funny story. I'm in a thread with Deb and her, her husband, the three of us, mm-hmm. where, oh my gosh, all we do, all we do in this thread. Memes. No. Videos that we find mm. of, oh my gosh, it's, this is going to sound so horrible. Bad Christian videos? No. Children falling over. What is wrong with you? Because it's so funny. (laughs) Really, any age falling over is acceptable. But the funniest are children. Yeah. Yeah. But any age, really. Like, you do something and you trip and you fall on your face. If your video's on the internet of you doing that, it might have wound up between Liam, that's Deb's husband, Liam and Deb and I in our thread. And we we have have a lot of laughter. For for you listeners out there, if you would like to know the (laughs) spiritual gifts of Chris Ishak... They are finding horrifically humorous, maybe, memes and videos. It's called, isn't it? It has a name. It's called like Schadenfreude or Schadenfreude. I don't know. It's this what? German word. I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce it, obviously. But it's this German word. Uh, uh, well, go ahead. Maybe our, our Bulgarian listener knows. Because I'm sorry. Do you, think, that's they, not, do you that, think they speak German? German? I don't know. See, I, I don't know how to say I'm sorry in I'm Bulgarian, gonna, but I do know it's not I'm sorry in German. <laughs> Stop yelling at me, Gordon. <laughs> See, I knew he'd yell at me. So, it's this, I don't know, taking, maybe we should unpack this. Not, I wouldn't have time today, but taking, like, pleasure in the displeasure of others. Mm. Like, see someone fall, and it's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I love watching that. But funny thing. So, you know how on an iPhone, it, like, auto-populates a thread if you, like, type in someone's name? Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a thread going with Liam and his wife, Deborah with a D. I also have a thread going, a very spiritual thread going with Liam and a pastor in town, also begins with a D. Well, I accidentally sent our last video. Nice. <laughs> Someone falling nice. to the pastor. Nice. And Liam. Very good. Yeah. Anyways. Well, well, if if you all would please, uh, first of all, pray for Chris because clearly, oh my God, I need Jesus. Oh my goodness! No, we we honestly hope. I was praying on the way here today for our listeners and um, that things would be received. That God would use the things that we're talking about here in the pod kitchen lounge love shack. I don't know what <laughs> what we've landed on. Clearly, we're losing our minds, yes. but we we love you guys. Yeah. Uh, share, rate, let everybody know. We love you guys. And until next time, see you next week. Peace. Yep.